Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Ruddick, and today I'm joined by a man who got to see his Dayton Flyers win last night. Ben O'Brien, how are you doing today? Trevor, I love that intro. Um, fantastic. Yeah, I got to see uh, the, the, the uh, University of Dayton Flyers defeat the Cincinnati Bearcats um, rather uh, easily, I should say. Deron Holmes looking like Deron Holmes looking like a first-round NBA talent that he probably will be. So it was a good game. I was, uh, I was glad I went. Um, I enjoyed it, Trevor. I, I, I've always, Trevor, I've always been a big college basketball fan. I've, I've never wavered from that. Um, I've always said that college basketball is by far the best sport, Trevor. And if you tell me I'm lying, then you're wrong. So um, I've, 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 always, I've, always been a def- I've always been the biggest defender of college basketball on this podcast. I'm always a fan of, of watching college basketball over any other sport, for sure. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Um, well, I'm not going to put you on blast, uh, about what you might've said yesterday, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. I agree. <laughs> Trevor, I don't know what um, you're talking about. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either. I'll just, I'll just move on from it. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of college basketball, we had a ton of great games yesterday. We're going to talk about all of it. Uh, Brandon's not here today. Um, he might, I'm, I'm not sure if he's just still in bed sleeping. I haven't seen him this morning, so. I'm not sure what's going on there. What do you think? What do you, what do you think's happening then? I would imagine he's still sleeping then. Again, it's, it's, I mean, the, yeah. again, if, if we're talking Kawhi Leonard over here, he's podcast a few times in a row. It's definitely time to take one off. Um, definitely a little bit of load management going on. I get it. You don't, you don't want to be too sore. Right? We're getting to the end of the year. It's been a long year in podcasting. Um, Trevor, some of us, us two especially, are just kind of built different from Brandon. Um, we don't necessarily need this, this quote-unquote load management. Um, I, my, I'm like LeBron James, my fans depend on me. Uh, I, I'd feel really bad if, if they, if they spent all this time and effort to, to pull up the podcast and I wasn't there, I wasn't, I wasn't there to perform for him. So some of us, us two included right now, truly do care about the quality of this podcast and the fans that listen to it. And, and one of us, probably the person not here right now, clearly is, is more of a, a selfish, uh, a self-motivated player, I should say. And really it's just all about them and, and what, what they want to do and what they don't want to do. So. Again, it reflects on Brandon's character more than anything. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he gets a nice, well-deserved day off of rest after, like, three podcasts in a row. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll get started in college basketball because we had a lot of good games. This was maybe the best week we've had in college basketball. I mean, Feast Week was really good, too. But I think in particular yesterday we had an incredible day. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about a couple games that really stood out, one of which was on Wednesday, actually. Uh, UNLV beat. Uh, Creighton, a big upset, 79 to 64. Creighton has two losses on the season because they beat Alabama yesterday. That was a close game. They got a good win there. But Creighton has two losses on the season. They are both to teams in the Mountain West Conference, one of them being UNLV, the other one being Colorado State. So Creighton is a really good team. They're a really elite team, just as long as they're not playing a team in the Mountain West. So hopefully when, when we get to the tournament time, when we get to March, Creighton does not have any Mountain West teams in their bracket because if that's the case, they're in trouble. Um, next game I wanted to mention UConn Gonzaga. This was Friday night. Um, one of the certainly one of the most uh, high profile games of the week, and UConn won this. You know, wire to wire, relatively easily, seventy six to sixty three over Gonzaga. I mean, UConn to me, from what I've seen, they're one of the best. I think three teams in the country. I I would put them in the same category as Purdue. And, um, you know, I would say, well, really, I think I think there's probably four or five teams. I think there's I think there's Purdue. I think there's UConn. 
I think there's Kansas, Marquette, and Arizona. I think those are kind of the five teams I would point toward right now as being the the top five. And UConn is certainly one of them, a really good win over Gonzaga um, to just kind of, you know, make a statement there in a big game for them. And then we get to all the Saturday games. Um, and we had a lot of really good Saturday games. Um, this was definitely the best, just in terms of one day as a slate, I think this was the best day um, that we've had of college basketball this season. And it was headlined by number one Arizona against number three Purdue, um, the Indy Classic. And Purdue won this game uh, by eight points, 92 to 84. And, you know, Purdue, you know, this is a team who last year they lose to a 16 seed. We, we've talked about it, obviously. And they're going to be the team now that I think a lot of people are, are going to continue to doubt regardless of what they do in the regular season because of that tournament performance. I think, I think a lot of people, the way they think about Purdue is, yeah, they can be good in the regular season. That's fine, but you got to prove it in March. But I must say, Ben, I'm I'm I think I'm fully bought into this Purdue team. I I really do. I think oh, they have completely go. here we go. I think I think they have sucked me in, Ben, because the the problem last year was that it was really their guard play. It it was their freshman guards. Um, they did not step up in March, and now they are both sophomores. They have a year under their belt. Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer. And they're playing very well. Last night in the game against Arizona, Fletcher Lawyer had 27 points. He made five of nine threes. Braden Smith had 26 points. Uh, you know, he shot well from the field as well. And this was, a, I mean, this is a big game. I mean, Arizona's a really good team. They have, they're really good. Def- they're supposed to be a good defensive team. Um, they have, you know, some really good guards. Caleb Love. Uh, they got Omar Balo, a big uh, center that you would say if anyone's going to be able to give Zach Eady a tough time. This would be one of the players in Omar Ballo, but Zach Eady also had a really good game. So just overall, I mean, this was a big win for Purdue and the most convincing game for me. I mean, they beat Marquette earlier too, which was also a really good win. But in terms of the matchup, I was like, the fact that they went in and beat Arizona this convincingly, I'm convinced, Ben. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll look like an idiot when we get to March and they lose in the second round. But right now, I'm fully convinced. I mean, it, it's it's right on track. It's right on cue. This is what Purdue does. They uh they 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 pull you in in December and January and February, and then in March, they have to remind everyone who you know who they actually are, which is the the team that that can never do anything in the tournament. So, um, Trevor, you, you're you're falling under their spell once again. I'm gonna stay strong this year. I'm not gonna let them suck me in and and pull me in like they have in the past before. I'm tired of of being wrong about Purdue every year. Um, we've talked about it, Trevor, though. I do think the only way that they can avenge themselves is if they, if they win the national championship this year, like Virginia did it the year after they lost to a 16 seed. So Purdue, it's, it's all or nothing for, for Purdue. They either win the national championship or they are just a failure of a program forever. So, um, I, I, I'd be fine with that. If Purdue's going to do it, then they, they need to do the whole thing. They need to win the whole thing. Um, otherwise they're, they're just going to be remembered as the, again, the program that, that lost to a 16 seed. Um, in historic fashion, like we uh, have only seen one of the time before. So uh, I'm not surprised, Trevor, again, you, you, uh, you, you tend to be a prisoner of the moment and you're, you're falling prisoner of the moment to Purdue because they have a dude that's like eight feet tall that's, that's really good. Um, and they also have some good guards, I'll give them that. But I'm, I'm going to stay strong, Trevor. I'm staying strong. I'm going to bring this moment back up in March when they are the number one overall seed in the tournament and they lose in the second round to like a nine seed or something. Yeah, I... I... I don't think I'm being prisoner a moment. I, I've tried to be patient on this. I've tried to wait 
because I was like thinking after the Marquette when I was starting to feel it a little bit, but I was still going to wait. I wanted to see more. But at this point, Purdue, I mean, they've beaten Tennessee. They beat Marquette. Uh, they beat Xavier, which I guess isn't that impressive of a win. But, you know, they beat Alabama. They beat Iowa by 20 points. And then they just beat Arizona convincingly. Their resume is stacked up. And it's and it's not like I was sold on them last year. I, I didn't like Purdue last year that much. I actually kind of expected them to not lose to a 16 seed, but I think I picked them to lose in the second round to like an eight seed or something last year. Um, but this year, I think it's different. It, like I said, I think it's the guard play that's different. But we will have to see going forward with Purdue. I, I think they're a very good team. Real quick about um, Purdue, Trevor, I, full transparency. I, I didn't know that they'd be Marquette. Now, I'm I'm slightly more impressed with them, but I'm still going to stay strong. I don't believe in them. I, but I had no idea that they beat Marquette. That's a very impressive win. Yes, so they, so yeah. they beat Marquette and Arizona. Um, I, and it's hard to ignore that. That's impressive. Right? That's impressive. But I'm still staying strong. I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer, but I, my, my case is getting harder to make because I didn't know they'd be, <laughs> they, they beat Marquette. Yeah. They've, they've, yeah, they have a lot on their resume for sure. I, I would expect them. I, I think they should be number one on Monday. Uh, I mean, it's either going to be them I'm or sure Kansas. It's either them or Kansas. Kansas is number two right now. They're number three, but they just beat the number one team. So I, I think they should leap for yeah. Kansas for number one. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, some other games, I guess we'll just talk about the Kansas game quickly. Kansas beat Indiana 75-71. Um, they're now, they moved to 10-1. Their lone loss of the season was to Marquette. Uh, so Kansas is looking really solid. I, I want to I say I mentioned this in one of our other podcasts, but the issue with Kansas is their depth. Their starting five is really solid. They have a lot of experience. Hunter Dickinson's been awesome, you know, transferring from Michigan. He's been really good with them uh, pretty much right away. Kevin McCuller has been awesome. Their, their depth, they only had, uh, I believe, uh, I think they only had six points off the bench yesterday, actually, which is pretty wild. They scored 75, and only six of them were bench points. Um, yeah, that's correct. So that's pretty wild there. Uh, for Kansas, they do still get the win, but again, it's close. Indiana, I mean, Indiana's not like a not a terrible team. Trey Galloway had a, one of his best games of his career, probably with 28 points. But um, I don't know. It's Kansas is obviously good. They're they're really good, but it's just the depth I worry about. Um, a couple other games: Michigan State, the Spartans, they upset number six Baylor, 88 to 64. In this game, I was just like, I w- I was just shocked, Ben. I I couldn't. Well, I don't want to say I don't believe in, I don't want to act like I don't believe in Michigan State. I still believe in the Spartans, but I, I will say this, the fact that they beat Baylor by 24 points, I was uh, pretty surprised. But what did you think about this game, Ben? I think it was an expected result. Not, I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't know what you're expecting, Trevor, but I mean, Michigan State by far the best program in the state of Michigan. I would have been shocked if they, if they didn't win by, by 24 points, honestly. Um, I was expecting more like a 30-point win, so obviously there's some stuff that they can improve on. Not super impressed. Again, this is what Tom Izzo does. He's a champion. Um, they are they are a, a, a program of champions. It's what they do. So not surprised at all that they beat little old Baylor, um, a, a far inferior basketball program. So good for Michigan State. I'm glad that they're finally making me look good again because I've been hyping them up all season for absolutely no reason other than the fact that Brandon hates it. And they have made, made me look very, very stupid. So I'm glad that they can finally get a win. Uh, to make me feel better about myself for rooting for them. Yeah, Ben, an- another team that you like and I also have been a fan of over the past year or two, uh, the Houston Cougars. The Houston Cougars are oh, still yeah. undefeated. They moved to 11-0. Uh, they got a win over Texas A&M yesterday, 70-66. to 
So they continue to stay unbeaten. Um, and they, um, well, their next two games are easy, and then they go into the Big 12 conference schedule. So Houston is going to be, I mean, almost certainly, I don't want to jinx it, but they're going to be undefeated going into the new year here. Um, and then they're going to get in the Big 12 schedule, which is going to be very interesting as they are uh, a very uh, formidable challenger to Kansas. Um, so we will see what happens there. Other than that, Memphis, they beat Clemson. Clemson was undefeated. Memphis was able to beat them by two points, 79-77. Memphis is looking really good. I really like this Memphis team. Uh, in previous years, Penny Hardaway has coached teams with a lot of freshmen. This Memphis team has a lot of experience um, on it. Javon Quinterly, the transfer from Alabama, who actually started his career at Villanova. He's now a senior. Um, he had a good game yesterday for Memphis. Um, they have quite a few other guys that are very experienced, uh, Malcolm Dandridge being one of them. So Memphis looks like a really solid team. I would expect them to probably be ranked come Monday. Um, I mean, they just beat they beat Texas A&M last Sunday, which was a good win, uh, and they just beat Clemson. So good wins for them. The last game I'll mention is Kentucky-North Carolina. Kentucky beat North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic, 87-83. This was a fantastic game, and Kentucky just continues to impress me. I know that they're also a team that gets a bad rap because of their recent March performances. John Calipari, you know, he hasn't been exactly super great. I haven't loved him as a coach recently. But this Kentucky team looks really good. They're super talented. Um, I, I just like a lot of their players. They're pretty stacked. So I, I like how this Kentucky team's playing. They get another really good win against the Tar Heels. Um, but Ben, is there anything that you wanted to mention? Or maybe uh, it could be a game I talked about or another game that I didn't mention that you wanted to talk about. Well, a couple things. Um, Trevor, I'm going to be so upset if Houston goes on and wins the national championship the year after we went all in on them, um, I'm going to be so upset. So, so I, I love the Cubs. Don't get me wrong. I was always all in on them last year, but as far as I'm concerned with this year, they're dead to me. They, they, they broke my heart last year when I was so confident they win the national championship and they did not. Um, so it'd make a lot of sense if they did it this year. They're still a very good team. A couple of things, Trevor, I know we've mentioned BYU, but they're really good. I, I don't I feel like we need to mention that again. And I'm not saying that because they beat Georgia state. That's not an impressive win, but I mean, they're 10 and one. They're a top 20 team, and they're about to start Big 12 play. So, again, just another team in the Big 12 that's absolutely ridiculous. And then the last team I, I feel like we have to mention, we've mentioned before, but they're continuing to win, America's team, James Madison. I mean, they're 10-0, Trevor. They're a top 20 team. I, it's just the most ridiculous thing ever that they're, they were you know a top whatever team in football all year, and now all of a sudden their basketball team's undefeated as well. Um, what a time to be a, if you are a James Madison Duke or whatever they are. Um, I, I am, I am super impressed with them. Trevor, that is a team that I, I very much want to see in the NCAA tournament. So I am a absolutely pulling for them in whatever conference they're in the, uh, the Sunbelt conference. So I, I want to see that team in, in some big time moments in March. Yeah. I mean, and they already have a really great resume win. they beat Michigan state, um, in their first game this yeah. season in overtime. So, I mean, having a win over Michigan state being undefeated i mean why aren't they ranked higher they're they're 20th they should be higher i don't understand ben i, I mean it sounds like they should be the number one team in the country if you ask me i mean that they're I can, trevor i can i can tell you this right now i'd say there's about an 85 percent chance that they go farther in the ncaa tournament than purdue does i'm just i'm just being honest with you I, <laughs> I, i'd be shocked if purdue goes farther than james madison in, in this year's ncaa tournament oh man 
I don't know. We will have to see. But yeah, James Madison looks really good. Uh, you know, they are now about to get into conference play as well here coming up. So yeah, definitely a team to monitor throughout the season. Um, they've been really good. All right, uh, let's move on to the NBA. We have a couple things to talk about in the NBA. The first of which was uh, the Draymond Green incident um, in their game against the Phoenix Suns earlier this week. He kind of like turned around. I think he was upset about maybe not getting a foul call. And he pretty much punched Yusuf Nurkic in the face, basically. That's pretty much what happened. Um, and now he is suspended indefinitely. We don't know what it means. We don't know, is that going to be 20 games? Is it going to be 30 games? Is it going to be the entire season? Um, I, I doubt it's an entire season, that's for sure. But we don't know. It's kind of a up-in-the-air thing. This is the second incident uh, from just this season alone we've seen from Draymond. We had uh, earlier in the season, about I think almost a month ago at this point, where he pretty much put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, um, and now he's punching Yusuf Narkic. So. I, I don't even really have a ton of thoughts on this. My my thoughts are more about the, the Warriors in general, Ben, um, just in terms of their issues going forward with this season. Um, the fact that not only is Draymond not as good anymore, but Clay Thompson hasn't been quite as good. Andrew Wiggins has been like a, a no-show in a lot of these games. Uh, as far as the Draymond thing itself, it's like I, I, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if you know he needs some help with something. I'm not really sure, but he needs to get his act together and he needs to stop doing this because it's costing his team. You know, he's supposed to be one of the most important players out there. Um, he certainly, you know, is still, I think, even though he's not as good of a scoring threat anymore, he's still a good facilitator. Uh, he helps get Steph Curry open. Um, so, I, I, you know, he needs to be out there on the floor. But, Ben, do you, do you have any thoughts about this uh, incident with Draymond Green? I mean, it's just one of those things, like, this has been going on with him for like seven, eight years, and at some point, it's just got to stop. And for whatever reason, it's just it's just never going to stop. I mean, so like, I, I can't remember the last time a player has been indefinitely suspended. I don't really know what that means. I don't think anybody obviously knows what that's going to mean for him. But something's got to change, because I just think clearly the league is getting so tired of it, because it happens over and over again. It's the same type of thing. He always... um. Like, even the way he does it, like, his his mannerisms with his actions and stuff, like, he, you know, obviously he tries to make it look like it's an accident, but it was so blatantly, like, a, a, a intended action that he was doing um, that at some point I just think, like, the NBA gets to a point where they're like, all right, we're not putting up with this anymore. Like, we, we find you, we've suspended you, but at some point, clearly that's not working because you're not really changing anything. You've had all these incidents both on the court. And then even like the one in practice where he where he punched the whoever Jordan Poole in the face, like clearly something something is not right. Something's got to change. So obviously the NBA got to a point where they they just said, all right, you're gonna figure this out, and you're not gonna play until you, until you have proven that you figure something out. So again, I don't really know what indefinitely is gonna mean. It could mean the rest of the season. It could mean 20 games. I have no idea. Um, but I I do think it's gonna be a decent amount of time before we even see a possibility of him being back on the court. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I will say, like, there's been a, some comedy that we've gotten out of this. People on Twitter are posting, like, Draymond Green highlights of literally just him, like, <laughs> committing these, like, flagrant fouls and stuff. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hope that... I mean, I don't know. I'm not a Warriors fan, so I guess I don't care a ton about the Warriors, but necessarily. But I hope that he gets his act together and this, this does stop happening. We'll have to see. Um, just the Warriors in general right now. Um, I believe they they did win last night, so they are now eleven and fourteen, if I am correct here. 
Um, yes, they're 11 14, but that puts them out of the playoffs. It puts them out of the plan. Um, they are four and six in their last 10. And ultimately, I, I think we might've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but ultimately like, like Steph Curry is still playing very well. He just needs some help. Um, and he's not really getting it. Clay Thompson is not shooting super well from the field. Um, this season, Andrew Wiggins, again, he, he just has not been as good. And the Warriors a couple of years ago, when they had all these draft picks, they could have decided to use those draft picks to get you know veterans and and kind of invest in just continuing to go with the the win now path but they tried to merge these two timelines and they did get their championship so like you know it's fine they won the championship in 2022 but now they're in a position where you know clay is starting to get older angel riggins is not playing as well Draymond green's obviously getting older and these other guys that they drafted jonathan kaminga in particular is not really uh i think he hasn't really progressed in as fast as you would have wanted moses moody i think has been he's been all right he's been decent i know some of the people i i hear talk about on podcasts think he's he definitely has a lot of potential and that he just needs more minutes um so that might be true i haven't seen quite as much about with moses moody i haven't seen him play a ton but the other thing is that in ben you're gonna like this chris paul has not been very good for the warriors either he's not at this age Shocker. in his career, he's, I think, 38 years old now. Um, he's only averaging nine points a game. He's not as good of a scoring threat because as you get older, typically what happens is you lose your athleticism. Um, although with LeBron James, it, it's not quite as, it's not really the case. But for 99% of the players, that's what happens. So that's what's happening with Chris Paul. He's not as good, not as athletic. Uh, so it's tough for him to get to the basket, which means that he's also not a big scoring threat. So those are just some of the issues with the Warriors. Um, they're going to need to make a trade, um, at some point. I mean, I, 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 at this point with Draymond Green, the value has certainly dropped. I don't know how many teams would be willing to trade for him this season. Um, I, I was someone who was throwing out the possibility last season of trading Draymond. They obviously did not decide to do that. Um, and they move on from Jordan Poole, um, but they keep Draymond. So I don't know. I think they're in a tough spot right now. And they're clearly not one of the top teams in the West. They're just not. I mean, you have Denver, you have Minnesota. Um, just in terms of standings, OKC's up there. Dallas is up there. Sacramento, I think, is better than the Warriors. Um, the Lakers are eighth right now, but I think the Lakers, you know, they've de dealt with some injuries. I still think they're in, like, that top four or five as well. So the Warriors are not even in the top six or seven teams, I would say, uh, right now. Obviously, in the standings, they aren't. But, yeah, it's tough for them. Um, the other team I wanted to talk about quickly was the Los Angeles Clippers. They are on a seven game win streak. This is a team that, um, I, I will say up front, I, I did not believe in coming in the season, uh, when they got the James Harden, when they got James Harden, I was like even more strongly, like I do not believe in this team. And frankly, I still don't believe in them, but I, I got to give them some props. They have won seven games straight. They look really good. And the biggest takeaway for me is that Kawhi Leonard just looks like himself again. He's playing incredible basketball. And they're winning against the Knicks, their last outing. He had 36 points, 7 rebounds, and 12-16 shooting. Um, over the season, he's averaging 24.6 rebounds on 51%. So he's been really good um, overall. In particular, uh, this month, he's been really good. Um, he, he had a 41-point game. Um, on the 8th, Friday, the uh, December 8th, and he's had 30 in every other game except the Golden State game that they won on Thursday where he had 27. So 
He's, I don't know what that average would be in December, but it looks like he's averaging well over 30 points um, in the month of December. Well, he's averaging, oh, he's averaging 29, so pretty much. So yeah, Kawhi's been awesome. The Clippers have been really solid. We'll see if they can continue it. Frankly, I think something's going to come up. I don't think it's going to end up working out with James Harden. And unfortunately, you know, they've been known to have players get injured. So we, we will see what happens with them. Um, last thing, I just want to mention a couple shout outs. Um, Keegan Murray last night for the Sacramento Kings, he had 12 three pointers in an NBA game, 12, three pointers. He made 12 of 15. He had 47 points in Sacramento's win last night over the Utah jazz. Ben, I, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. So right, Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray had 12, three pointers last night. Um, who, who is the player that has 12, 12 was not a record. It was too short of the record. The record for most three pointers in NBA game is 14. Who, which player okay. has that record? Who, who has the most three pointers okay. in NBA history in a game? Yeah. So first couple names that come to mind, obviously Steph, um, Larry Bird, even maybe to an extent, um, probably, um, Reggie Miller's up there, but Trevor, the, none of those are going to be my guess. My guess is going to be just because I feel like that's too easy. Now, uh, Reggie Miller's up there. It's either going to be Reggie Miller or my other guess I feel like is Clay Thompson because Clay Thompson scored like a billion points in a quarter one time. So I feel like hitting 14 threes in a game is something he would absolutely do like back in 2016 or something. Um, so it's between those two. I'll, I'll go Clay Thompson. I'm, I'm going to go with, with not my head here. I think my head would say Reggie Miller. So I'm going to go with my heart here and say Clay Thompson. Well, good job, Ben. You are correct. Clay Thompson is the answer. He had 14 three-pointers in, in a game in 2018 against Chicago Bulls. He hit 14 three-pointers, so really good guess there. Um, he actually has, let's see, of the top 10, he has three of the top 10 entries because um, he had 12 in two other games uh, last year, actually. So very impressive there for Clay Thompson. Um, obviously, we know he historically has made a lot of threes. This year, he's not doing quite as well, um, so he needs to try to uh, get back to that level but yes you're correct clay thompson um but yeah i just wanted to mention that keegan murray awesome game uh for him the other thing is joel Embiid. just want to shout out joel Embiid over his last um let's see over his last i think six games uh joel Embiid is averaging 40 points per game 13 rebounds and four assists so just wanted to shout that out joel Embiid. i think most likely the favorite right now for mvp that's who i would say would be the favorite. So Embiid, I think, is took taking his play up again this year. Um, and he's looking awesome. Philly's a three seed, they're 18 7. Maxi's playing well, and Embiid has been absolutely dominant. Um, but Ben, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we uh move on to the NFL? Yeah, there's one thing I feel like I gotta mention because as as a fan of sports, Trevor, I'm I'm a fan of all time teams, and I think right now in the NBA, we we have an all time memorable team happening, and that is the Detroit Pistons losing 23 games in a row currently still active um so trevor that that is something that i feel like i need to keep up with this year i just looked it up they are on pace right now to go six and 76 this year which would be a record okay right now the current record is for most losses in a season is 73 um so i i am absolutely pulling for for the for the uh the detroit pistons all-time team we're talking about right now um i i will be i will be keeping keeping the people updated on this i'm going to be tracking this weekly because 
This is something that I'm very invested in. One, seeing how many games in a row they can lose, because 23 in a row is, is very impressive, and I think, they, I think they have more in them. I really do. I think they can get to 30 if they really try hard enough. Uh, and then ultimately, I, I just want to see them lose more than 73 games. I want to see an all-time historically bad team this season, and the Detroit Pistons are, are going to give me that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Detroit Pistons, they lost to the Bucks by like 32 points last night, and Giannis had his uh, kids on the bench with them chilling in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so that just shows how, uh, how bad the Pistons are. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the NFL. We had, I mean, we had some good games yesterday. Obviously, this time of the year, getting close to the holidays, we get some Saturday games now. So we had some good games on Saturday. Uh, we also had a game on Thursday, and that's where I'm going to start um because i i think this is something i called out last week Bryn staley has been fired from the los angeles chargers they they got destroyed by the raiders on thursday night 63 to 21 and finally i i don't know why it took this long but Bryn staley's gone ben he, he's finally fired and mm -hmm. we'll see what the chargers do now if they i don't know they're gonna try to give it the i think i saw something about like they tried to get they were gonna offer kellen more the interim and I didn't even read the full headline, so I don't know what happened there. But regardless, Brandon Staley's out of there. What, what, what do you think about that? I, I can't believe they waited as long as they did to fire him. I think they should have fired him like within five minutes of that game being over. Honestly, if they would have fired him before the game was even over, I don't think I would have been that surprised. But the fact that they waited until like 12 hours after that game ended to fire him um, is a little bit surprising. But it's, it's just one of those things where I, I think it, it – his time has come to an end. He, he's, I don't think he's like a terrible coach by any means. He's obviously unconventional, and he does some, some question, he makes some questionable decisions, but uh, it, it was just two years ago that people were talking about how he's the future of the NFL and how his, this type of coach is what the NFL is going to be because he's solely analytical, right? Everything he does is based on the numbers. Whether it's a popular decision or not, he's going he's gonna to be consistent with, with those decisions that he makes in terms of analytics. So it's just been a it's been a rough year, obviously. It's been a rough couple of years for him. A lot of those decisions, anytime a, he makes one of those analytical decisions, going going forward on a fourth and two from your own 30, something like that, and it doesn't work out, it's obviously going to be magnified um, because because it's something that we're not used to. And and again, whether the numbers say it's a good decision or not, it's one of those things where um it's it's it is a it is a league-wide thing that that is going to be emphasized if if he if he makes one of those decisions and it doesn't work out for him so I just think it's been a disaster of a year for him and a lot of it's not his fault I mean the Chargers are totally banged up There's, he can't control that their receiving core has been decimated with injuries Justin Herbert's he's been playing but he's had you know broken fingers and all this and now he's out for the year so it's it's been a rough year and a lot you know not all of it is his fault but a lot of it obviously is you're going to put the blame on the head coach it's part of their responsibility so I think it's time. Uh, I'm not surprised. I think most people assume that even before Thursday night, he probably wouldn't be back next year. I think Thursday night's game just kind of, uh, you know, uh, accelerated the process of of terminating his employment. So I do think that that Chargers job is probably going to be the most desirable opening out of all the openings this year. And I think we're going to have a lot of openings after this season. I think there's going to be a lot of coaches fired. But I would I would argue that the Chargers is probably the 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 best job for you just because Justin Herbert. Um, he's obviously a great quarterback. He's not as good as a lot of people on Twitter think he is, but he's a very good quarterback for sure. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of people that, that want to work with Justin Herbert because obviously he is an exceptional talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we will see. I mean, maybe, who knows? I, I know some people put out the Belichick idea, actually, of like if the Patriots part ways with Bill Belichick, if somehow they come to a mutual 
agreement and it's the end yeah could the chargers be an option for belichick i don't know it's who knows maybe i've I've heard that as a theory but we'll see what happens uh as far as what they do um i guess quickly um as far as last week because we we've already had some games this week and i i do want to focus on this week but we did have some uh big games we had the cowboys they beat the eagles last week 33 to 13 uh big win for them obviously um just making a, a great statement I mean, the Cowboys right now, they, they look like one of the best, I would say the second best team in the NFL at the moment. I mean, if you beat the Eagles, I think you're probably the second best team in the NFL behind the Niners. Um, Dak Prescott, to me, we haven't really done a full on MVP talk uh, on the podcast, but I think, in my opinion, he probably would be the favorite. Um, I, I think it's him, or if you want to give it to Tyree Kill, I, I'd certainly be okay with that yeah. as well. I think if we're talking specifically too. about quarterbacks, I think Dak Prescott's been the best quarterback this season in terms of how he's played. So I, I think he probably should be the favorite unless you want to give the Tyree Kill. Obviously, he's had a phenomenal season. He's a difference maker for the Dolphins. Without him, their offense would be completely different. So I, I'm cool with either of those. I, I lean Dak Prescott, and I think he's certainly more likely to win just because he's quarterback. Um, but Ben, I guess just in general, uh, did you have any takeaways from last week's games? Yeah, so, I mean, last week on Sunday we recorded late, so we talked about a couple of the games, but in terms of the games that we recorded before, or that happened after we recorded, obviously, again, like you said, the Cowboys, are they've looked really good. I, it's hard for me to even hate on them. I want, I want to hate on them, and I want to hate on Dak Prescott, but he's been great. They're a really good team. Uh, it was easy early in the year to say that, well, they're just beating all these really bad teams, but they've now put a string of, of really good wins together. Um, obviously the Eagles being the most recent uh, example of that. So they're a really good team. They're obviously one of the best teams in the NFL. They are a, a legit Super Bowl contender, which I cannot believe I'm saying in the year 2023. Um, so that's notable. And then Trevor, I feel like, I feel like, and maybe we're, we're late to the bandwagon here, but I feel like it has to be mentioned. Like, like what's the deal with this Tommy DeVito dude, Trevor? Like, I, I, what's going on here? The Giants are 5-8. and eight. They're like, they're not in the playoff hunt, but they're, they're better than I thought they'd be like a month ago. Like, I can't believe they've won five games. They just beat the Packers. I mean, I don't really know what the deal is with this dude. I don't think he's good or anything, but it's just crazy, like, the amount of attention that he's getting. I mean, good for this dude. Like, he needs to cherish this moment because it's not like he's going to be a 10-year NFL veteran. Maybe he will be. I, I guess I shouldn't count him out, but I'm assuming this is probably going to be the highlight of his career or one of the highlights of his career. Um, so I feel like it's got to be mentioned. I mean, just it, it, it's been fun to watch it. His family's been, like, the talk of the league. They, they are obviously embracing this, knowing that this, this is not going to last forever. So they are, they are cherishing the moment. Um, it's just, it's just a crazy story. Like this, this dude out of Syracuse that his first game this year, he threw for negative yards and all of a sudden he's won three games in a row for the, the New York giants of all teams. So, um, obviously one of the biggest stories in the, in the, uh, in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he, he did have a good game against the Packers. He had a good game a couple weeks ago against the commanders, but I mean, in reality, he's not a very good quarterback. I mean, he's, he, now that he's had more starts under his, his belt, it seems like he's getting more comfortable because the first couple games, the one game I saw him play, he looked like the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. He was like atrocious in yeah. uh, a couple of those games earlier in the season. So yeah, now he's starting to get more comfortable. He's starting to play better. It's, it's, it's almost a little bit, and I don't know, maybe this is a weird comparison, but like with uh, DTR, the Browns quarterback, um, he had yeah. like a terrible like first two games. He looked abysmal. And then he had like a better game, a couple, and obviously now Flacco starting and everything, but he started looking better because he was getting more comfortable with the offense. I think that's what's happening with DeVito. Ultimately, uh, the Giants aren't a playoff team. He he's not a very good quarterback. You know, 
I mean, he can he can be a backup, I, I suppose. He can be a backup for the for the Giants or another team, um, but he's not really a starter. Um, only other thing I was gonna mention was uh, that Bills Chiefs game, which I think we were were like podcasting during it. But I think this this story yeah. in general with the Chiefs and the way the game ended, the the offside call Mahomes was upset about. Um, and the Chiefs, they, they have their issues in general, just specifically on the football field. You know, the receivers aren't very good. They have some issues. They're relying a lot on Travis Kelsey. Um, and he se- he actually seems like, I mean, he's 34 now. It's not like uh, tight ends' lifespans can go forever. It's not like he's, you know, uh, going to be awesome forever. So he's starting to get older. And Mahomes is doing the best he can. You know, he he certainly hasn't played up to what we normally expect from him. But again, it's not all on him. The receivers aren't very good. So the Chiefs are having some issues. Now they're 8-5. and five, And, you know, if you're telling me, hey, you have to pick a team to come out of the AFC, weirdly enough, I'd probably still pick the Chiefs, Ben, because I don't know. I mean, I guess I could pick the Ravens. They've looked really solid. But honestly, if you're telling me, like, you have to pick someone from the AFC, I'd probably still pick the Chiefs. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean... Uh, Miami, yeah, sure, Miami's in the running, but I still have a hard time believing them. Jacksonville hasn't looked as good. I'm certainly not picking uh, Cleveland. I mean, they don't. I mean, I'm not going to pick Joe Flacco. I'm not going to pick them, and uh, no one else in this bunch really looks like a team worth picking. So, I think it's the Chiefs, Ben. I, I don't know. What do you think? No, I think it's the Ravens. It's Trevor. Come on, it's the okay. Ravens. The, the Ravens okay. are. There's no way the Ravens don't win the Super Bowl. I, I'm being serious, like. Obviously, it'd be like the worst thing to ever happen to me if the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year. But I really do think they're like they're one of the best teams. I'd be shocked if they don't win the Super Bowl. They are the best team. They're probably going to have home field advantage. Um, the Chiefs or whoever are going to have to go to Baltimore, which is not an easy place to play, and it's especially tough when when the Ravens players are doing what Ravens players do, and you know making dirty hits and late tackles, and then blaming the other team for things like that. So uh, I'm not I'm not calling out Brandon or anything, but but he does he does get pouty when when things don't go his way with the Ravens. So. Um, luckily for him, that's not going to happen this year because I really do think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. And Lamar's been great, and the receivers have been good. Their defense is one of the best in terms of getting to the getting to the quarterback. So um, all around, they're just a really good team. I hate it; it drives me crazy. But they have a really good coach, definitely a top fifteen coach in the, in the NFL, and in, in, uh, in John, uh, John Harbaugh. So um, they, I think, they have everything that they need to go win a championship. If they don't, I think it's an absolutely disappointment of a season for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is a tough call for me. I'm definitely between the Ravens and the Chiefs, and ultimately, I do land with the Chiefs. But it's it's those two teams. I the Dolphins, it's it's their defense that I'm still like I I, I don't know. They just lost to the Titans. I'm not completely bought in the Dolphins, and again, none of these other teams. I mean, honestly, as crazy as it may sound, Buffalo might be the third third or fourth team I'd say, and they're seven and six right now. But still, they just beat the Chiefs. I mean, they have a tough schedule coming up. They play the Cowboys today, but if they can get into the playoffs, I think they're at least the fourth best team in the in that AFC. Um, I I still think they're better than Jacksonville. I think they're better than Cleveland, um, Houston. Like these other teams, I think they're probably a, like their ceilings higher. I guess is what I would say. On the right day, if Josh Allen's playing his best football, I think they're uh, uh, still a, a tough team to beat. So I I still wouldn't completely count on Buffalo either. But yeah, I lean the Chiefs. I guess as far as just like what happened with like the, you know, Mahomes complaining and stuff like that. I mean, obviously the guy was off sides. Um, the receiver was. And again, I I think that like 
the call it goes without saying but i think this is with the larger point and you know maybe it's the patriots fan in me that that can't help but bring this up but this is this is how little things like this this is how you become a hated team when things like this happened now you also have to win a lot right but if you win yeah. a lot compounding with little instances like this of mahomes whining about a call and like in reality, like, of course, it's, it is kind of ridiculous that Mahomes is doing this, but I don't really care. Like, he's mad that he mad he's mad that they lost. The team's not playing as well. It's understandable. The fact that he's whining about it to the refs and he's trying to act like the call is actually a bad call when in reality it was a very obvious, correct call, that's, like, annoying, and I get that, like, fans are going to be annoyed about that. Makes total sense. Ultimately, he's mad because the team's not as good as they should be, as he wants them to be. So I understand where he's coming from from that standpoint. But this is this is how it happens. If the Chiefs win, if they continue to win and you have little outbursts every now and then, like Tom Brady complaining to the refs because he gets, you know, hit by a defensive end or Mahomes is complaining because of an obvious right call he thinks is wrong. This is these are this these are seeds and these seeds yeah. grow if you if you win compounding with these little seeds this is how you become a hated team in the nfl and i think we're finally starting to see the chiefs are starting to become hated i i think it's happening i think we're seeing it oh it's absolutely happening and like it's it's hard to feel bad for it for anybody in in the situation that he's in but the fact that it's the chiefs that are the ones complaining of all like nobody's gonna feel bad for the chiefs like i'm sorry patrick mahomes but no one feels bad for you because for years, you've been, rightfully so, the best team. I mean, he's the best quarterback. He's on the best team. Okay, that's, that's a fact. That's true. But they've also been a team that has benefited greatly from, from 50-50 calls and things like that. I'm not saying that it's rigged and that the, the refs are always calling things in favor of the Chiefs, but they absolutely have benefited from calls. Like Trevor, the Super Bowl last year, remember they had that, whatever they called, that holding on the Eagles DB that essentially right. won the Chiefs game last year. That was a 50-50 call, all right? Yeah. So I imagine if Jalen Hurts reacted to that call the way that Patrick Mahomes reacted to this last game. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And again, it's one of those things, they're good. They're a really good team. But at some point, Patrick Mahomes, like, I think a lot of this is, it's, he's frustrated, and I would be too. He's the best quarterback, and his receivers are terrible. And they're, 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 they have the most drops in the NFL. Uh, the Chiefs are the worst scoring offense in the fourth quarter. They're averaging like three points a game in the fourth quarter, worst in the NFL. I think a lot of his frustrations he's just directing in that moment at the officiating, when in reality he probably should be directing it towards his receivers because they're not good. Yeah. Um, and obviously that, that's just another example of them losing the game for the Chiefs by, by Tony lining up offsides very clearly. Um, and he can complain all he wants, but that's a call that has been made many times this year. It's not like they called it for the first time this year. It's been called, I think, over 10 times this year already. So um, a lot of that's on the Chiefs for, for having – they need to know that that's been a point of emphasis this year. They've called it a lot more this year, and, and obviously Tony didn't realize that, and he lined up. I mean, literally, it wasn't even close. It was it was so clearly offside. You watch the ref that called it. He literally, he you know, because they're right on the line of scrimmage. He's looking right down at the ball. He had to, like, lean over to his left to, to watch the ball being snapped. And that's why he throws the flag. And that's what I, I heard somebody on, like, ESPN was saying how the, the way they're, I think it was John Perry, who's the official, whoever it was, Gene Steratore, whoever, he, they were saying how the, the, the way that's called is if, the ref has to move to be able to see the ball, then they're calling it. They're not even going to warn you. They're just calling it. Now, if they think that you are kind of in the way, that's when they might, you know, they might point to you to back up or whatever. But the fact that 
that he was so far over that ball, it wasn't even like close, that he had to lean to his left to just even see the ball snap. They say that's an automatic flag thrown. Um, and the one, whoever the ref was that was defending this call was saying that that's going to be called 10 times out of 10. Like any time that that happens, that will be called immediately. Um, so mm-hmm. clearly, at least the officiating in the league thinks that that was the right call. And I think most people other than anyone affiliated with the Chiefs will agree. So um, it's, again, it's hard to feel bad for, for the Chiefs. It's hard to be, feel bad for Patrick Mahomes for Andy Reid, for Travis Kelsey, whoever, because they've gotten so much attention this year especially, but just in the last four or five years, they've obviously been the team that the NFL is promoting more than anyone else, rightfully so, but um, they're still a good team. But, yeah, that's, that's a tough loss because what that, what that loss did, Trevor, is that keeps the Bills in the playoff hunt. And I agree with you. I think even though they're 7-6, and six, they're, they're better than a 7-6 and six football team. I don't think their record indicates how good they are. So they are absolutely a dangerous team. Yeah, and I guess last thing I'll say is that I think the the counter argument or the point that like you know Chiefs fans would make or uh, Chiefs players whatever would make is that Tony it seemed like he maybe pointed to the ref to try to like check with the ref to make sure he was like lined up correctly. But ultimately, like it's your responsibility as the wide receiver, like checking with the ref. You should line. You should know if you're on side or not. So I think that's kind of a ridiculous uh argument but i saw that that was one of the things out there that people were saying like oh he checked with the ref so the ref should have told him to back up or something it's like no you it's your responsibility to know where to line up at ultimately i think it is and 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 he like he like quickly glanced at the ref and then glanced back like so he did like the typical like i think it's just like a it's almost like a uh, muscle memory like you just kind of glance at the ref and glance back but he didn't even give the ranch uh, the the ref a chance to say, hey, dude, back up your way over the ball. He just assumed that he was fine. Um, so, again, I think it's solely on Kadarius Tony. I, I don't think you can get mad at the ref for making a call that he absolutely should have made. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to some of the games uh, that we've seen now. Yesterday, we had uh, your Bengals, Ben. They went in overtime uh, over the Vikings 27-24. T. Higgins with an incredible like catch and reach around uh, to get that one touchdown. Yeah. They end up winning that game. Really solid. They're still in the hunt for the playoffs now with a number of teams that are all, you know, contending for that seven seed. We had the Detroit Lions. They annihilate the Denver Broncos. They get back on track. And then we had the Colts beat the Steelers, another game that was very important for playoff implications. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, again, like I've said for a number of weeks, they were the worst uh, seven and five team in NFL history a couple weeks ago. Now they might be the worst seven and seven team in NFL history. Um, they they still have a chance to make the playoffs. However, um, if the Steelers make the playoffs somehow, I will not watch a second of that game. I do not want to see the Steelers in the playoffs. And <laughs> as a result, I hope they continue to lose because they are not a good football team. Um, and they got destroyed by Gardner Minshew yesterday, as we saw. But um, a- any takeaways from the games yesterday, Ben? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are terrible. I, I've talked to multiple Steelers fans at this point. I think a lot of them are tired of Mike Tomlin. They're just sick of the mediocrity that is this this team the last however many years. Um, so they, they absolutely are not a playoff team. If they make the playoffs, I think it's just bad for the league. And I'm not even being a Steelers hater. Well, I am. I always am. I always will be. I want to make that clear. Um, but they're just a bad team. Like I, I do not want to see them in the playoffs. They are not a good team to watch. They're not even a fun team to watch. If they were like, you know, a 7-7 seven and seven team, but they're fun to watch. No, they're not even fun to watch. Um, it's just bad football. It's not, it's not enjoyable. It's not entertaining at all. So um, they're not a good team. That's obviously a big takeaway. Um, the Lions get back on track. I mean, the Lions have been struggling. Their defense had really been struggling. Their offense has been great all year, but their defense has been a liability for them. They looked very good against the Broncos, who were, were a team that had, had been coming on um, really strong the last month and a half or so. 
Uh, so the Lions get a big win. The Broncos kind of get knocked back a little bit because this AFC is so jumbled in the middle. Um, a 7-7 seven and seven record for the Broncos is tough when you have um, teams like the Bengals that are now at 8-6. and six. I would imagine other teams like the Bills and whoever will probably get to 8-6 and six after today. So um, it's, it's just insane. If you're a middle-of-the-pack AFC team, every win is so important at this point because, I mean, going into yesterday, Trevor, I saw that it was, I think it was about 40% of the teams. It was just under 40%. Six out of the the uh, 16 teams in the uh, AFC were 7-6. and six. They had the exact record of 7-6 and six going into yesterday. So um, just, uh, I mean, again, we've never really seen a conference like this that is from top to bottom, really not a whole lot of gap between the best team and the middle of the pack teams in this conference. So the Bengals obviously get a big win. They needed that. The Vikings, on the other hand, same situation in the NFC. That loss really hurts them. They fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. A little bit more wiggle room, I think, in the NFC if you're 7-7 seven and seven, than obviously in the AFC at 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, but, but, but three, I think really good games. I think for the most part, the NFL did a good job. If you're going to schedule, you know, three individual time slots for games on a Saturday, all three games were, were with teams with, with playoff implications. So good job by the NFL for scheduling, um, you know, relevant teams in these, in these Saturday games. And obviously today, Sunday, we got a full slate of games, um, with, with this point in the year, Trevor, by December, I mean, every game is so important. Every game matters because even if you're not fighting for, a um, a playoff spot, it's it still is. You know, have you have draft implications coming into play now, and you're fighting for a, a you're for seeding in your in your conference playoffs. So, um, obviously, a fantastic time of the year for for football as as the season the regular season is coming to an end. Yeah, speaking of today's games, we have a couple really good ones. The game I am most looking forward to by far is Bills Cowboys. We have it today at four twenty five Eastern. Oh my gosh, it's an um, awesome game, and yeah. that is a fantastic game. It's in Buffalo. Obviously, Buffalo needs it more than Dallas, but you know, as well as Dallas has been playing, can they just go into Buffalo and make another big statement against the Bills? It's possible. I mean, they just beat the Eagles by twenty, so I wouldn't, um, you know, put it past them. But I, I actually feel I don't know it. It's really based on nothing that has happened on the field. I just feel like the Bills are going to win this somehow. I, I feel like it's going to be a super close game, and they're going to find a way, like by a field goal or. They're just going to steal it somehow. I, I I don't know why. I think it's just more of like, again, the fact that they're at home, they need it more. We're in December. It's in Buffalo. I just feel like this is uh, Buffalo's game to win. Um, So to me, that's the game of the day. We also have Ravens-Jaguars in Jacksonville uh, tonight. That's going to be another good one. Jacksonville hasn't been playing quite as well recently. Um, they, They've struggled a little bit. They lost to the Browns last week, lost to the uh, Bengals the week before. So they have been struggling a little bit. We'll see how that game goes. Um, I don't know. I mean, they could get back on track and beat the Ravens, but the Ravens have been the better team pretty much all season. So that one's kind of a toss-up for me as well. I honestly think I'd lean Ravens, even though it's in Jacksonville, but that could also be the case of, like, the Jaguars need it more, so they'll win. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ben, what what are some of your favorite games uh, today? I mean, those two games are, are awesome games. Cowboys-Bills is a fantastic game, and I think Ravens-Jags is a really good game, too. Those are by far the two best games um, this, this week for sure. I will say, I think a sneaky good game, though, is, is Texans and Titans just because it's a division, you know, AFC matchup, division rivals. The Texans, man, if they, if they can get to 8-6 and six and all of a sudden the Jags lose another one to the Ravens and they fall to 8-6, I don't think the, this, this division is, is locked up as much as a lot of people thought it was maybe a month ago. Um, with the Jags. I mean, it was crazy. It was three three weeks ago or so, the Jags were fighting for a one seed. Now they're fighting for just to, to win their division. So 
Um, I think that that Titans Texans game is big just in terms of even for the Jags and in, in terms of who's who's catching up to them in their in their division that for so long, you know, so much of this year they they've had a they've had control over. Um, so I'd say that's another great game, but the rest of the slate, honestly, Trevor, not that I'm not that impressed with the rest of the slate. The one o'clock slate's not great. I do think that the 4:25 Cowboys Bills and obviously the Sunday Night Football Jags and and Ravens are the two best games, and those are two games that I'm going to try uh, my best to watch as much as I can of because uh, I'm excited for both those games. I really am. Yeah, same here. I'm definitely those two games are for sure. Um, I'm going to be watching those, especially Cowboys Bills. Um, but let's get to our last segment, the our tribal council segment. Every week, we uh, basically choose to vote a team off the NFL island, uh, I guess you could call it. Um, at this point, um, you know, it's getting a little bit tougher, but I think we do have a pretty obvious one. Last week, we, we took out the Raiders, and we said we were between the Raiders and Chargers, and we ended up deciding the Raiders. Well, the Raiders just beat the Chargers by 60, 63 to 51, uh, 21. <laughs> as we decided. Yeah. And so I think the obvious play would be the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they're now five and nine. I, I don't really think they have any chance to make the playoffs at this point. Looking at this AFC playoff picture here, they are, let's see, they're five and nine and they are, I mean, they're second to last in the AFC, actually. Uh, you have this big group of seven and six teams. They, I mean, they're going to have to win out, and there's just no chance that because that would mean yeah. that they'd have to be eight and nine and making a playoffs. An eight and nine team is not making the AFC playoffs. Um, so I think this is a pretty solid one to go with here, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think a nine and eight team is making the AFC playoffs. So eight and nine, no shot. Um, and then again, that would require them to win out, which they're not going to win out anyway because Justin Herbert's out for the year. So, yeah, easy decision. Probably, honestly, this might be the easiest decision we've made all year other than maybe doing, like, the Cardinals week one. But uh, super easy decision. I don't, I don't think there's even any other team that is even close to uh, to to uh, as easy of a decision as the Chargers. So we'll, we'll, we'll obviously do that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll take the Chargers. They're out of here. Uh, Brandon certainly would have agreed with that, um, regardless its majority. Um, but Chargers are out of here. And now, let's see, we have, I think we have maybe three weeks left because we're going to do, um, we'll have next week's podcast, which will be um, week 16. Then we have the week after. And then, yeah, so we have three more cross-offs to make. And at this point, looking at the teams we've already crossed off, the teams that can give us the biggest issues, I still think the Texans um, could, yeah. could make it. They That could be an issue for us. So if the Titans can win today, that would help us out um, massively. Uh, the Texans, they're 7-6. and six. Currently, they're the 8 seed, but again, they're um, only a half game back from the Colts and Bengals. So the Texans have a shot other than that. Um, the Broncos just lost yesterday, so that that hurts the Broncos' chances. They're now seven and seven. Um, I I would say it's relative. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's super safe to assume that the Broncos aren't going to make it because they do have an easy schedule coming up. Their last three against the Patriots, Chargers, and Raiders. Those are all winnable. Um, but yeah. it's going to be tough now at seven and seven for them. Other than that, so yeah, we have the Texans, the Broncos, the Bears actually. Um, are pretty. I mean, they're pretty much out. They're five and eight, but I guess they're there's. Out. I guess there is a very small chance. The Packers six and seven currently are the seven seed. So we need the Packers to lose a couple, and we also need the Rams, who are also six and seven, to lose a couple. So those are really the teams. I think it's the 
the Texans, the Packers, the Broncos, and the uh, Rams, those four. I think the Texans are probably maybe the team I'd be most worried about. Although the NFC is a weak conference, and I mean, seven teams have to get in. So the Packers Rams thing is tough. We kind of need like, we need like Seattle to get it together and start winning some of these games so that they can get that seven seed and not Green Bay or the Rams. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it, Ben. Uh, I think unless you had anything else you wanted to t- discuss, I think we can kind of wrap it up here. Yeah, yeah, we can end on that note. Absolutely. Trevor, another fantastic podcast. It's crazy. When it's just us two, I feel like we always have our, our best podcast. So um, I don't know what, what the weak link is then, typically. But for whatever reason, when it's us two, they seem to be fantastic. At least in my opinion, I think they're great. So um, another great episode for us, Trevor. Pat, pat on our backs for us. Um, yeah. But we, we, will, we will end there. We'll stop talking. So um, as always, make sure to follow us on, on Twitter at The Small Baller. Make, make sure you're checking out thesmallballers.com uh, for any sort of content we have there. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Go Falcons!